welcome back to Cancer at 30. This is episode 5 and today we will be talking about hormone therapy. So after the active treatment for us specifically since we are ERPR positive, HER2 negative, which in my understanding if you're HER2 negative you still have other active, are they active treatments? Or are they There's just more things you can right. to target just the her two. The her two. Uh huh. So I think her two is more aggressive. Yeah. But there is another type. I think it's Herceptin or something that you can do, or maybe some other things. And some other type of of treatment. But for us, since we didn't have the her two positive, we have her two negative. Um, it it was now just the way my doctor said it's cruise control. Mm-hmm. You do hormone therapy to suppress the ER and PR, which is estrogen and progesterone. Proge- proge- yes, progesterone. those are what fed our cancer and, and made it grow. And made it grow. So um, this hormone therapy gets rid of the <laughs> yeah. Those and so we're in menopause. We're in menopause <laughs> at at thirty. 30. <laughs> Um, 32 now. Yeah, 31. But it it's so weird because you're taking that as well as um, – so letrozole is what we are on to take. It's a pill. We take it every single day. Um, you're supposed to take it at the same time every day because it can be time sensitive. Mm-hmm. And then we take a Zolodex shot, which is time sensitive too. It's every four weeks, mm-hmm. but you can adjust it from a – day before or a day, day after? after? I think plus or minus one day each way, which gets tricky, planning <laughs> vacations yeah. and all that kind of stuff around that. Um, the Zolodex is like a pellet, and you get it injected into your, like, tummy side area, wherever they can pinch a little piece of fat and stick it in there. Um, and that keeps your ovaries shut down, basically. Yeah. And then the letrozole kind of, as I understand, cleans up, like, the residual... Even if you don't have your ovaries and things working, your fat cells still produce like progesterone and est- or estrogen. I don't know. I'm not medical you know, stuff, yeah. but it gets rid of it the residual It was explained to stuff. us. So, <laughs> I know. They're like, you need to take this if like, you want to okay. stay cancer free, basically. Yeah. And not cancer free. And that. I need some wood, Stephanie. Not on wood. <laughs> um, no evidence of disease. We want to keep it this way. Yeah. And so, for the next. Some people stop at five years. I asked my doctor if she really believed that would be a thing, and we said no. So ten years. Yeah, um, ten years is, for me is as well. The plan for for me, um, as aggressive, I guess, or as. So will you do five of the letrozole, and then they'll they'll switch you to it's not taxol, it's tamoxifen. Tamoxifen. I'm not sure. We haven't talked about what's to come for that. Tamoxifen scares me. Yeah, I've heard more about that. Um, I'm not sure. But my aunt takes that, and she she said she hasn't had any side effects from it. Really? Yeah, so that kind of has me, like, holding out. I don't know now. Some of it I've accepted not even as a side effect anymore. It's just, like, my life now. Yeah. <laughs> like, hot flashes, trouble Night losing sweats. weight, sweating, um, mood oh. swings, maybe. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> a little bit of mood swings. All of that now is just me. And <laughs> I don't even think of it as a – I've been on it, you know, over – well, about a year, over a year now, I guess. And so it's really um, just kind of settled in that this is who, who you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still like, I'm um, holding out that the longer I'm on it. So I've been on it, let's see here, June, July, August, September, October. So five months. So not even half a year yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm still holding out that this night's, the, the hot flashes and night sweats are going to go away. Because some people you read, 
they're like, yeah, they get better. And I'm like, I'm really hoping that's going to be me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's going to be seven months from now and I'll be like, this is just my life. That is... <laughs> this is now just I how know. it is. I just sweat profusely. It's just sweater now. An angry sweater. Oh my goodness. An angry sweater. An angry sweater. <laughs> no. It's... Shoot, I forgot again. It's just, it's weird. It's a very weird feeling because now you're taking a pill every day. You're seeing your doctor every three to four months. You're getting scanned if you still have a breast Mm -hmm. every every year? Every year. Um, And it's a very weird, I mean, we talked about it last time. Once you finish radiation, it's... It's just a weird feeling, and then you're taking this pill, and I feel like I had a euphoric state. Like, I went through a funk during radiation, and then from, like, June till August, I had a very, like, oh, this is my new life. Like, like I'm free again. I'm free again. Like, I don't have to be somewhere every day. I mean, I have to get a shot once a month, but once a month is better than every other week, and, and at that time, too... Steven was able to deploy and I was like, go, you need to leave. And he's like, I don't have, I'm like, no, you need to leave. I, I need to feel like myself again. Yeah. I need to know that I can do this. And it was a very good time. And then August hit mm-hmm. and August for both of us is our diagnosis. Diagnosis. The anniversary yeah. thing. I was August 15th. And I was the 13th. Yep. A year apart. Yeah. And so strange. It, it's a very strange feeling. And even now, just sitting here and, and talking about all of this, there's a lot of... I mean, PTSD would be the best way to describe it. I will be going along doing my own thing, and some smell or memory. some memory will pop up, and it is like I am there. I am right in that spot. My stomach is turning the way it did that day. I have flashbacks of, of how things were, and it. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly talking myself down from, okay, you're not you're not at that point anymore. You're not in chemo right now. You're you're not just finding out about your diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Like you've come so far, and I have to go through and list all the facts. What are the facts? Right. Just talk yourself back down. Yeah. From, yeah. Yeah, it's not right now. It's over. Not over, but yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's not over, but the active treatment part is over, and I think that that is a very big misconception. And I even had it. I was completely guilty of it. Oh, for sure. Completely. Even during treatment, I thought as soon as this is over, yeah, it's gonna be over. And um, I just didn't realize. I didn't realize either how much the hormone treatment would affect me physically. Yeah. I thought, the pill, the shot, okay, whatever. Hot flashes, I can deal with, like you said, side effects. But now it's to the point where I said it's literally who I am. And yeah. it's changed that from what I would be. You know, I'm 32, should be at the peak feeling, you know, yeah. I'm not old enough to, you know, have yeah. all these pains and things that I'm dealing with. And, um, guys, I go to pelvic floor physical therapy. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, I'm <laughs> like, are, like the doctor, the physical, th- just the physical yeah. therapy in general, just to what get your, takes. Yeah. your just... range of motion and mm-hmm. just to, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then with the surgeries, you're constantly, cause that's the other part too of this hormone therapy as well is that you're getting back into 
surgery mode of reconstruction Mm -hmm. and you're starting to decide what is going to happen and during that time you're down for six weeks four to six weeks right I mean I'm gonna knock on wood and I'm gonna hope it's four Four. because I'm not you'll be moving around you won't be back to normal for yeah solid six so and then by that time you're talking yeah as normal as you can be I don't even I just I'm like very thankful all the time I, I constantly sword. catch myself. I'm like, you are complaining about medicine that can help you not have to do this yes. all over again. And griping that you have to drive up there every four weeks to do this thing that is keeping this away. Yeah. And so I have to constantly put myself back in perspective and be thankful that this medicine exists and it's a thing. And But I'm like, I just get so mad that I have to do this. It's yeah. not fair. I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to feel like... I'm 60 when yes. I'm still 30 years away from that. You know, yeah. I don't want to have to explain every time I'm at a random doctor appointment why I haven't had a period or when they ask me that, like, have this look come across my face, like, I don't know, you know? And, yeah. Um, I don't want people to ask me why I'm not having any more kids. Like, I yeah. don't want any of these things. And it's just really frustrating. It, to, it to is do it. Very but then I'm like, no, be thankful, be thankful. You're like, like things are good, and it's just this battle always about about that. It's yeah, it's hard because it, I'm always telling myself the same thing. I'm like, somebody out there, this is the worst day of their life. They're right. finding out that they have cancer. They are starting chemo. They are getting mastectomies. They're doing all these things, and. I'm complaining mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> about I know. having a hot flash <laughs> and my anger either. that just flared up and I want to take it out on everybody. Right. I know. And I remind, like, I try to be gentle with myself about it and you've been through a lot and you're processing and whatever, but it's still, um, something to work on. Yeah. I think. But it's hard. It's not fair. I don't want to yeah. do that. And it makes me, for me, okay, fine. But I feel like I've lost... I'm not as good of a mom as I would have been if this didn't happen. I feel like I've lost a lot of my patience. I've lost just feeling good in general. Yeah. Sometimes I choose not to do things just because I'm going to get really hot. <laughs> or, you know, yeah. like with the, not really. I still do all, everything I can. But it's it's frustrating to even have those thoughts cross my mind or times with my husband yeah. and, you know, sex, everything across the board. It's just, it's not fair. And yeah. Because everybody's still suffering, yeah. and it, and then you start to feel that guilt a lot because everybody is suffering because of you. And you're trying to go back, trying to live life, and not think about it all the time. And it's, it's there. It's yeah. in bed when you're having a hot flash, or at the grocery store, or wherever you're at, or when you feel that anger flare up, or when you're I hot. I constantly just, have to remind myself that my hot flash is not an anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not having a panic attack right now. It is just a hot flash. Because it comes out of, oh, the crazy feels, thing is how it comes out of nowhere. Yep, in the back of your neck, right? Yes. Mine start and right it, there, and it is. On my it's face. very similar to, it makes you feel like you have to get away. And I, oh, yeah, I, like, I need to go home, no matter what I'm doing, I need to go home right now, and I need to sit down because something bad is going to happen. Right. And then it's, I just, like, have to let it wash over me, and then it's done, and I'm like, okay, I'm glad I didn't really freak out bad this time, and it's just constantly, it's like starting over every day. Right. It's like starting over. It is. The 
other side to it too is, you know, I say, okay, my doctor's like, maybe at 10 years, we don't want to do anything. So I've been pushing for a hysterectomy. I don't yeah. want to do the shot. I would like to just have my ovaries taken out um, or over whatever it is, um, yeah. something. So I can, then I could just take the pill. But um, she says, you know, maybe 10 years out will want to let you have a little bit of hormones come back. And I'm like, my daughter will be 12. Are you really going to be comfortable as as hormone-driven as my type of cancer was? Do you really think at that point would be a good time to start yeah. that? Like, hey, we just suppressed I'm everything. Like, Let's really get it think, flaring. You know, if you really believe that at 10 years, then I'll just keep doing the shots. And I can, you know, it's yeah. just a weird line of, if it's worth it or not, the side effects yeah. of that. You know, it's scary to think. Right now, it's not. I'm like, I don't, if I make it to 60, I don't I care know. if I have a few little heart issues and some bone stuff. If I could not have to deal with all of this now. Um, I think that's what all starts to settle into is mm-hmm. when you're doing all these treatments and they're, they give you all the side effects, and a lot of them can be late side effects mm-hmm. where they happen a year, five years, ten years down the road, and... And that's something that keeps me up at night. Like, just thinking, like, I mean, maybe not so much five, ten years down. Because if I make it five or ten years Uh down the road, I'm like, hey, go me. Yeah. Um, But it's just like, well, my heart could have repercussions. My lungs can have repercussions. Um, There could be something else that flares up in another part of my body. So it's just a scary... It is. Even just having the thoughts about the future that far in advance. Yeah. Like, I haven't been able to really, I used to be a very forward planner and yeah. have ideas and want to know what was going to happen. And I don't really think about that anymore. You know, we talk about just throwing up in the air, not related to cancer. Like, oh, what will retirement look like? We're not mm-hmm. that far military, retire, you know, different things. Yeah. And, um, I used to enjoy talking about all the different possibilities. Not nailing anything down, but just talking about it. And now it just instantly, I just shut it off. Yeah. Like, don't, don't talk about that anymore. I talk about the kids' futures with yeah. them, but I don't talk about Like, everything own. as a whole. Yeah, it's just too much. It kind of makes me irritated. I don't really like it, and so I don't do that anymore. So this kind of thing, I'm very quick to just be like, I don't care. I don't care about the whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> I care about right now and being happy. And so it's something I'm really trained to work on because I don't want to feel bad the rest of my life from the choices I make now. Excuse me, make now. So it's really tricky to to balance that out when my gut's just like you just need to be happy right now. Yeah. Because we know for I mean we know how quickly it can all change. Shift, like tomorrow, you know, it could happen again, and I don't want to live like that in fear of it. And I've said I wouldn't, but. It's, it's so hard not to not have those thoughts. And it's, I feel like the only thing that is going to make it better is time and space. Mm-hmm. And un- unfortunately, unfortunately, that is a long way away. And I remember, I remember thinking to myself, don't wish this time away. Right. Like even during chemo, even during all the active treatments, like this is precious time. Even though it's not time spent the way you want it spent, don't wish it away. But I did. I found myself just being like, I just want this treatment to be over. I want to be over that hill. And that's what I think a lot of people don't realize about chemo too is it is just constant. It is constant little wars Mm -hmm. in hopes that you win that whole battle. Right. It is just constant. Once you get over one, the next one is right on the horizon. Making yourself walk in again and do that over again even though you know what's about to happen is, is, is definitely a battle. I, it really, 
again, reminds me of like things I've learned in the military and with deployments. And there were when my kids were just barely born and Jamin would leave, I would do the same thing. I would just think about, okay, when when he comes home, I just want him to be home and kind of wash through the days. And then I realized how much of the kids let, you know, like waiting yeah, you're to do missing. things. We weren't going to the zoo until daddy got back. We weren't going to do this. And I'm like, you know what? This is not how I want to do. And so I consciously made a shift and started doing things. And we sent pictures to daddy and yeah. knew that he was gone and enjoyed that he got to see us doing things. And that was a big change in me just becoming an adult and learning how to deal with the life we had. So I do feel like that really helped with this in the really sucky points I still tried to just but I wasn't always successful and we've talked about this before looking at pictures sometimes of of that time and seeing the kids in the moments when we were really like in chemo and going through this is painful not to look at me but to look at the kids and know I didn't perform the way you wanted to yeah I didn't get every um every moment that I could have out of them It just makes me sad that I missed out on some of it. But I didn't. Other yeah. lessons are being learned, and, and it is what it is. But um, it really bothers me. Yeah, that you didn't get to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the one, the things that bothered me the most was during, whenever I was laying in bed and I could hear them having a meltdown or mm-hmm. something, and I could hear whatever family member was down there trying to help it. And all I kept doing was just beating myself up. Like, right. you should be down there right now. Mm-hmm. You should just suck it up and get out of bed. But I physically couldn't. Right. And I just try to remind myself, like, at that point in time, you did the best that you could with the, with what you had. Right. And it's still hard. It it's, is. It's, a it's hard... hard to see me even, like, hugging them or something in a picture and know... Look at their little sweet faces, but then no, I was absolutely hating everything about that moment. Like, wanting yes. it over and wanting it gone. And I hate that it touched their life. I hate that it was part of their story. And it, it is what it is. And I've come kind of to accept it. But as long as I don't look at pictures. Yeah. <laughs> it just really yeah. seems to bring it up. But um, I do think there's a lot to take away from it. But yeah. With them. And I feel more scared for our daughters. It is scary. I Not knowing how we got this and what it yeah. was. We don't have a genetic. Neither of us have that, um, the markers for that. We don't, there's really, we don't have a family history. No. Neither one of us, there's really no explanation. And so it's really hard to deal with, even now. Like if the yeah. kids are sick or, you know, it just, I'm like, if I was exposed to something, you know, you just don't know and your mind quickly wanders. And um, But for the girls, it's. And it wasn't like that for me. Like, when I found out, Mm -hmm. to me, the why was not important. Mm -hmm. It was the, how are you going to fix this? Right. But as it has gone away and faded out, now I'm like, okay, well, why Mm -hmm. did I get this? Why? Why? When did it start? Yeah. It really bothers me that I don't know when it happened. Like, when did this happen to me? I don't know. I look back. Because you were going through your life. pictures, and I'm like. Was I sick in this? Like, was I, while while I was pregnant, was this happening? Could that affect her, you know? Yeah. There's just all these weird... I think about breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. I think, and I, and we are not medical professionals. We do not, we are not saying this is something that will affect or will not affect. These are just the thoughts that have gone through our Mm -hmm. minds. But I've 
constantly wonder because my right side was my big producer side. Mine too. And my right side was where I fed more because I always had more there. And then the fact that I stopped breastfeeding six or seven months earlier mm-hmm. and then I found out that I had cancer and I, I asked the doctor at one point, I said, how long do you think this was in me? And she said about a year. Really? So, and I know they can't right. pin it down yeah. or no, say no, no, for no. sure, but I mean, it's then, then it would have had to have been mm-hmm. when I was breastfeeding. Right. And it starts in the ducts mm-hmm. and then it goes out. So it, part of me is just like, I mean, I know you. Can, I know you can touch somebody with cancer right. and not right. get cancer. Right. Yeah, I, I'm not but oblivious it seem to healthy. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't seem quite All right. Yeah, I was running past those cancer cells. Yeah, I know. And what's weird is I see all the time in magazines or on Instagram or internet or whatever. Like, six things to do to help yourself not get breast cancer. Yes! It's all these things. It's like, have your children younger, breastfeeding, all these things. You're like, like, well, that didn't work. You know, and hopefully it helps some people. And I'm not saying it's wrong at all. I think overall is we're just lucky. Yeah. (laughs) Defy the lucky ones. Yeah. I know. I I would joke with my family. I was like, maybe I should go buy a lottery ticket. If I am this lucky to get this. Remember things, like, as things kept happening, too, I'm like, man. This is just jackpot. I'm the one percent to get this side effect. Aren't I so fancy? <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. But yeah, I think just the hormone therapy is is good. I'm glad we have it, but it just comes with so many. I feel like the reality of everything starts to set in once you're done with active treatment and you're trying to to see what your life is going to be like now. And then you have this pill on it. And sometimes I just fantasize about not taking it. I, I always take I my pill. Obsessively. Obs- yeah, I have a timer that goes off because there was a point in time where, like, just with young kids, yeah, you start going in the morning it. and you just. And it's like you finally lay down at night. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, God, I forgot to take it. And it's <laughs> the amount of effort it takes to, to get, get out, out, of the bed. out of bed. Go down the hall and take it to me is just sometimes. But to lay there and not. I would feel so guilty. Oh, like yeah. If I haven't done everything I possibly can to prevent this from happening again, if it was to come back. Then you would say, I it would was that like, day I that should, I forgot. Why did I not get up that night? Like, yeah. This is my fault. And I want to be able to. To say. No, that I did everything. If, yeah. To do it, yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Gotta love it. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in again. Uh, we hope to see you next time.